Pull up a bar stool. Fun, fun show today. Gonna do it on the fly as I'm about to head out the door, go on a little vacation. You can't do it without jumping into a little bit of Facebook marketing news. There's a ton to talk about as always. We're gonna open with a completely new segment where I answer your questions, where you become the star. And then uh, we're gonna jump into some new stuff. Um, Custom audiences, some of the biggest news I've heard in a long time that's probably gonna go largely ignored by most marketers. Uh, I'm gonna get into what that is. Um, And we're gonna talk about some changes that were made to both post level and page level exports. I tried to touch on that last week, but it was so new that I really haven't hadn't dove in yet. And I didn't I didn't really notice any major changes. There were quite a few changes and I'll get into that. And then we're going to talk about just how important conversion tracking is. And I've got some a great case study to back that up. So you ready? Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with yet another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite a different friend to the Social Media Pub and we get drunk on social media. This week, you, my friend, are my guest again because I am on the fly. I agree. This is the first time in a long, long time that I've decided to treat myself and go on a guy's trip. Um, A bunch of my old college buddies have been going on a trip for the last 15 years or so. I think I went on one of the original trips, and I went on one like three years ago, but beyond that, I always have an excuse. Usually it has something to do with a new kid or we're moving or something like that. This year I had no such excuse, and I said, I'm doing it. So we are doing it. Uh, so I'm going to Albuquerque. Sound like fun? I don't know. We're about to find out. But uh, so I popped a cold one today. And what in the world am I drinking? This is one where marketing and packaging won me over. But I really have no idea what this is. It's called Baba. B-A-B-A. Brewed with organic barley and hops. It's a black lager by Yunta Brewing. It comes in a a can, black lager in a can, organic. And they say it's herded. (laughs) It's got a picture of a big sheep on the front. Uh, And one of the the slogans here is earth, wind, and beer. This is some good stuff. All right, so if you don't have a beer already, go open that fridge and grab one. I'll be waiting. Cheers. All right, so before we get going on all the, the biggest news and kind of what I'm doing, We've got a whole new segment this week. I kind of alluded to it last week. Um, it was the featured user. I'm going to have a featured user question. And um, this week, our question comes from Dan. Here it is. If you had a chance to interview Mark Zuckerberg on the podcast, and he said he would grant you three Facebook wishes, what would they be? Okay, Dan, so if I could bring in Mark Zuckerberg on the podcast here, which you know is going to happen one day, and he'd grant me three Facebook wishes, what would they be? Um, you know, I kind of thought this one through, and I'm sure it's one of those things where I'd, I could have a different answer on a different day. Uh, but number one, 
you know that this has to be included. Some sort of premium support. You know, you could completely improve customer service across the board. Uh, I just, I, I just don't think that's all that realistic considering the volume I know they deal with. You know, I, I, maybe I'm sympathetic. I'm a Facebook sympathizer. Uh, I know their customer service is horrible, but I also realize just what they have to deal with. Um, a million advertisers, over a billion users, that's ridiculous. So if you want to charge kind of a nominal fee and that adds up to provide like a free, or not free, but a, a live online chat access at any time, oh, that would be awesome. So that's number one. And, and I, I say that I don't completely pull that out of the air. Um, that's something that was actually asked by Facebook in a, a survey last year, if, if that's something you would, you would want. And I said, heck yes. Uh, number two, you got to improve Power Editor, right? Power Editor is awesome. I love, I love uh, the features available within it. But as everybody knows, it's buggy as hell. And uh, you can in, improve that interface. Put the amount of uh, attention that you give to um, the self-serve ad tool into Power Editor. I'd be very appreciative. I, I, you know, I, I do think that there is a reason to have both. One is absolutely for the mainstream. You got to make advertising as easy as possible. The second, it's got to, you know, it's 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 fun, kind of funny. Uh, they make it more complicated because it should be because there's a whole lot more features uh, for the advanced marketer. But it's like, in in addition to that, they just try to make it as difficult as possible for the, for us to use it. So improve Power Editor, please. And number three, Mark. Um, if you could allow anyone to access any test feature they want at any time, that'd be great. I mean, I'd love if I got VIP access to stuff, but I won't even go that far. Just when, when we opt in and say we want the new newsfeed, give us the freaking new newsfeed. I mean, how many, how many months has it been now, Mark? You know, come on. I know I wouldn't talk to you like this if you're actually on the show and I know you, I know you'll never listen. Um, yeah, I know you're a good guy, but you're not going to listen to my little show. But uh, if you could grant me three wishes, those are my three wishes. All right, so abracadabra, I don't know. Uh, that'd be great. So thank you, Dan, for your awesome question. For everybody else, if you want your question answered in the future, very, very simple. Just go to johnlumer.com slash awesome. Cheers. All right, so I think a brief explanation is in order if you've heard Kind of some chatter in the background, maybe some kids in the pub. Like, what is this? Is, is this even legal? Yeah, it's fall break around here. Um, so all three of my boys are home, along with a couple of their cousins. Uh, so my wife is herding cats right now. And so it's a little loud in the background sometimes. And uh, that's that's my life. And uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of, you know, it's, I used to, when I record these podcasts, and during the summers, I I'd talk to my wife and my kids and like, during this time, you got to go outside, be as quiet as you can and all that stuff. Like, I don't care, man. But whatever. Uh, you hear what you hear. It's my life. And uh, it is what it is, right? So um, I've got like two hours left and then I got to take off on this trip. Um, it's kind of a funny little background story here. Um, I'm an iPhone user. I'm a Mac nerd. And uh, yesterday, 
I've, I've been, I'm always so careful with my iPhone. And of course, the night before I'm supposed to go on this trip, I drop my iPhone as I'm get closing everything down for the night and going to bed. And that whole screen shatters. So uh, if anybody wonders, should you get the insurance? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I called up Verizon today and they said, yeah. And I only have a 4S. I don't even have a 5 or a 5S. And it had been a year since I bought it. I said, yeah, if you want to replace that, it'll be $550 for, an, for a 4S. I said, no, thank you. Um, the thing is, there's actually, there are actually services. Like there's one at our, our mall nearby. Hey, that's my doggy. Uh, who and, and they re, they replace it for eighty four dollars, which may sound expensive, but eighty four dollars or five hundred fifty dollars, or pay for insurance, which at least through Verizon or Apple or whoever, it's like one hundred twenty five dollars. So it just made sense to me. It's a little tip for you iPhone users. I know I get a lot of flack from people who use Droid Android. I can tell you, I don't I don't want to hear it. I've had an Android. I wasn't that impressed. I'm cool with my iPhone. I just wish that uh, the glass wouldn't shatter on me. All right. So that's that's my little background story for you. Um, let, let me have a quick drink here. Cheers. So some really big news just slipped across my desk. Now, this is Tuesday right now. So by the time you listen to this, you're like, yeah, it's like, seems like years ago now. But um, Facebook announced they're expanding custom audiences to target users who visited uh, your website, or used a mobile app. Now, how are they going to do this? I'm not 100% certain, but it sounds pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> all right. Um, so anyone who needs an explanation here, first of all, custom audiences, um, that is a way to target your, I say offline users. That's a, that's a way it's described um, but basically, it means not people who are on Facebook. It's people who are connected to you uh, by you have them on an email list or a phone numbers list, a Facebook user ID list because you have an application or uh, through your uh, iPhone application. Uh, it's like uh, advertising targeting or something like that. I, I don't use it, so I'm not 100% clear on that one. So there are four ma- main ways custom audiences you're allowed to upload your customer list and target them in ads, which is pretty powerful um, because otherwise you can only target your customers or excuse me, your Facebook fans or kind of guess on how you should target people who are going to like similar things and stuff like that. So great, great tool. You can also create, I mean, I don't want to get in the weeds on this, but also create lookalike audiences where Facebook finds users who are similar to them. Great stuff. Um, Now, separately, back over here in the corner, not included within Power Editor, not included within self, the self-serve ad tool, you could use FBX, which is Facebook's retargeting. And what that means was, means is or was, whatever, it still exists, is you could target um, people who visited your website with a Facebook ad. And that was done uh, with approved partners. Now, that's, that was typically like the, the Facebook PMD uh, uh, big, big uh, preferred marketing uh, partners. And uh, usually it was like, you have to have a huge budget, except for stuff like Perfect Audience or um, AdRoll. Those are two uh, services I use where it's a very low minimum uh, ad spend required. Um, so that, that was used and I used it and I love it. 
But so what custom audiences is going to expand to include now is targeting your website visitors and people who have used your mobile app. So that, that was kind of a mouthful, but it's basically taking over a lot of what we previously did with FBX, especially the, the smaller companies that didn't have, that didn't need the dynamic um, uh, aspects of FBX. So <laughs> trying to explain this simply, um, if you didn't need to target people based on specific pages uh, on your website or sections on your website, um, you can use custom audiences. FBX is really good for specific pages and to, to cater um, your messaging and whatnot. Now, I don't have this feature yet uh, for within custom audiences, but, but my basic understanding is you're just going to have this snippet of code you're going to throw on your site. Um, easy, simple. And anyone who visits your site, you can target them with the Facebook uh, ad. Now, I'm really not clear to how, how this is really a custom audience, though, right? Because typically, you upload a list and create, and you got, you got this list of users, but you don't have that in this case. So I'm not really sure why it's connected to custom audiences, to be honest with you. That said, let's say this is the way I envision it, right? This is complete hypothesis um, and speculation. It, maybe it's like a dynamic uh, thing where within your custom audiences, you're going to see website visitors and Facebook's going to say it's a uh, uh, hundred thousand people, right? Um, and there's this cookie, whatever. So that, that number is constantly growing. Unlike the regular custom audience where you have to uh, all the time upload a new list. It's kind of a pain really uh, to keep it current. Maybe Facebook's going to constantly update that for you, which would be awesome. Um, but maybe even better is creating then a look like audience off of that. You know, I mean, I think, I think that's pretty cool. So maybe that's why it's a custom audience because you can create a look like audience, um, based off of it. So that, so that's how it'd be related to, um, website visitors. Um, and kind of, uh, you know, and if you, again, if you're not familiar with FBX, um, how you could use something like this website retargeting. For basically, first of all, if you, you know anyone who visited your website has some sort of interest um, in you or your product or your content, they are familiar with you in some way. Um, it'd be nice to be able to target based on how many times they visited your site. I'm guessing that won't be the case. But um, so, so I think this is going to be pretty, pretty darn helpful. So let's say maybe you don't have a really large... Uh, uh, fan base, or you don't have a really large email list, uh, but you get a bunch of traffic, or you get all three of those things. It doesn't really matter. Um, this is just another way to target people who may not be a Facebook fan, who may not be already on your customer list, uh, but who are familiar with you and you've been otherwise otherwise neglecting in your Facebook ads. So I think that's pretty pretty awesome. I really do. Um, so just one, one other group to, to target in your ads who should be warm leads for you. If you're like selling something or trying to get people to subscribe to something, good stuff. And then the mobile portion of that, um, just the way I understand it again, I think it's code related. I don't know. So, you know, when somebody's used your app, um, and maybe it's, it's like a, a reminder kind of thing where you can remind people to use your mobile app again, if they haven't in a while. Um, Again, that's kind of a surprise to me that that's a custom audience. 
but I guess it, it makes some sense, and uh, we'll see how those go. But I find this, I mean, I feel like they've been rolling out big, big news almost weekly lately, and this is this is some of my favorite, most useful news I've heard in a long time. So cheers to you, Facebook. Cheers. Okay, now, last week, you know, I had just heard the news of Facebook up, updating insights across the board for everybody. And while kind of um, verifying that, I discovered something new. And that's that was that um, the exports, both post-level and page-level, were also updated. And this hasn't been done forever. Uh, so that was kind of big news to me. Um, now, I want to start with, start with this. I, a friend of mine... Um, I'm not going to say your name, Scott. Oh, I said your name. Anyway, a friend of mine always gives me a hard time when I write a post that's re- re- related to the, the exports because he's like, I don't care. I never really dig into those. I think the majority of marketers don't don't care about th- these stats either. Um, they're overwhelming and they're hard to use, blah, blah, blah. And my response is pretty simple. And that's... I do not cater to those people. Um, I do not write for people who don't care about stats beyond the surface level. I don't. I don't speak for for those people either. I'm on my podcast. I talk to those who who are advanced Facebook marketers who care about more than just reach and and likes and want to go well beyond. Um, those things, because if you really care, um, if you really care about about how you do on Facebook, you want to be successful with Facebook. There are a couple things you need to do. One of them would be, in terms of advertising, you you go beyond boosting posts and just getting Facebook likes. You use Power Editor, all right? I consider an advanced user a power user if you use Power Editor and and you really know how to use it well. Then when it comes to stats, I consider you an advanced Facebook marketer if you use your exports, if you care at all about those stats, if you know what consumers and consumptions are, if you know how to find um, link clicks, um, if you know how to track your fan-only data. I mean, those are just a few examples. Now, don't get me wrong, the new web version of Insights, pretty, pretty useful, much more useful than it used to be. But there's still some great stats that are buried in those exports that you'll never know exist if you don't export them. So again, my response, you need to know them. And it's your responsibility to know them. And if you don't try to get to know those stats, you have no excuse when stuff's not working. You really don't. And uh, I don't want to hear you whining about reach. I don't. I really don't. Um, And that's really one of my pet peeves is uh, anyone who, who whines about reach without knowing some of their more important stats and how they've been affected, like consumptions and consumers and, and link clicks. And you're not going to know those without doing a little digging and being responsible for your data. All right? So that's my little soapbox. Um, but now let's get to what changed. Now, I wrote a couple of posts on this, so make sure you check that out. Um, but on the page level, 
Um, I, I guess I'll start there, even though my first post was on post level. On the page level, which is, this is the huge file, right? I mean, admittedly, this is, I focus most of my time on post level because that's where I determine what worked and what didn't but on a post, post by post basis. Page level is more about just how people in general interact with your page, okay? And so I find it kind of funny that page level is the one that has so much data in it. Um, and post level is a lot too, but it, page level is like way more data. So page level went, went from 65 to 63 tabs. Um, that said, there was a lot of stuff that was gained and lost in the process. So um, it, that, that's a little misleading. It's not like just two tabs went away. There were a bunch of tabs that went away that were then replaced by some other new tabs. And then uh, within that key metrics tab of the page level data, um, there were previously 90 columns. 90. That's a lot of columns. And they're now 72, which is still a lot. A little bit more manageable. So, I mean, really what happened... Um, all the virality stats went away, um, which is really like you know, how many how many people saw your stuff, especially from fans, and uh, as a result of stories that were created. And and some of the talking about this stats went away. Um, but one of the the main things that that replaced these stats uh, was positive feedback, which I don't know, man. This was kind of weird. So positive feedback is basically renaming stories and talking about this because it's just, you know, when people create stories, because we already have negative feedback, right? When people hide your stuff or report you. And now they're calling positive feedback when people um, comment, like, share, uh, cr uh, claim, claim an offer. I, whatever. Um, so so that, I thought that was kind of odd. And, and what still kind of annoys me is that the stories and talking about this went away from post level, which I think is where it really means something. Like, I don't really care how much positive feedback I got overall from all my content. Um, I really want to know how, how I did on a post-by-post -post basis. And now that's gone. That kind of ticks me off. Uh, the viral stats went away for both post level and page level. That one, I, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I, I really didn't focus a whole lot on it. And I remember, which is funny, way back when uh, one of my most popular posts at the time viral about how viral reach fell off the map and everybody freaked out um, because it was actually a bug. I've kind of ignored viral reach ever since then because I just didn't trust it. And I just ignore reach in general and impressions. So, so anything that's virality, viral, viral, viral related, I didn't really care anyway. So get rid of it. I'm cool with that. Hell, I'd be fine if you got rid of reach in general. But um, and then on the post level side, um, in terms of what's new, whole lot of nothing. Um, nothing really changed there. I mean, in terms of being added, yeah, they took stuff away in terms of talking about this and stories and viral, um, viral stats. But other than that. Not a whole lot. So, in a nutshell, check out my posts on that. Um, they'll, they'll be in the show notes. Um, definite changes, but you should poke around yourself and and get to know the new the new exports. I mean, you may honestly. I I had to do uh, uh, 
a clear comparison between the two, old and new, to even notice the difference. It would have been hard to notice the difference otherwise, um, and you may not, not notice. Um, but really, that the ones that kind of hit me, that, that ticked me off the most are stories and talking about this in a post-level basis because that also impacts the fan fan only data and the fan only data there used to be seven stats there now there are five because those two are taken away so not really happy about that but overall it's uh it's kind of like a whole lot i mean i guess i'm the only one making a big deal of it most people will ignore it but uh not a whole lot to see here overall all right so that's the insights data changes in a nutshell. Raise a, raise a glass, raise a can like me. Cheers. All right, I'm going to close on kind of one of my favorite stories, favorite blog posts that probably no one read because uh, I think I published it at a terrible time. But um, it's why, it's essentially, I don't have the title in front of me, why you need to use conversion tracking and um, kind of uh, an example along those lines it's not just you should use it because it's awesome uh, i used a an example of a client i'm working with and and what i saw as a result so for this client i created a campaign with seven ads in it and in those seven ads i was dry i used a facebook video and that included within the description a link to a, um, a sales page that had three different pricing options that you could select. And um, I think they're $19, $29, and $79, something like that. And um, so so that that's what I was promoting. And so within those seven ads, I have various levels of, I say success, um, or I mean, let's say results in terms of um, the surface level stats, you know, ignoring the conversion tracking stats, okay? So I found it to be really, really interesting. Now, again, there's seven seven ads here, and you can you should check out that post for the details because I, I really break it down. But I, I really want to just talk about two different ads. One of those ads had 773 clicks with a two-cent cost per click and a CPM of 26 cents, Okay. The second ad, or another ad, had 110 clicks, so about a, less than a seventh of the, of the other ad. 29 cent CPC, so about 15 times the cost per click, and a three dollar and 59 cent uh, CPM. So uh, something like uh, 14 times the CPM. I'm just doing the math in my head there. Um, so. One would assume, based on those stats, that add one with those way more clicks, way more efficient in terms of cost per click, way cheaper CPM was the far more effective ad. One would assume that would be if you don't use conversion tracking. And herein lies the problem. Most advertisers do not, right? You create, you say you've got something, you got a product to promote. You, you create a bunch of ads for it. You run that, run that campaign and those ads for a few days or a week. You say, okay, which ads performing best? If you did not use conversion tracking, I guarantee you would have stopped ad number two because the, the stats are so glaringly different. They're not even close. 
You know what would happen as a result? I'll tell you what would have happened. You would have lost conversions. You would have thrown your money away. So add, um, add one that had all those clicks um, and it was so efficient, supposedly, no conversions, none. Uh, it was about 18 bucks to spend on that. Not a ton, but to spend $18 and not get a single conversion, it's a waste of money. Ad number two, where we spent uh, $31, guess what? 13, 13 conversions. Conversion value of $287. So we're talking about it was like an over the, more than nine times ROI on that second ad. Now, if that doesn't open your eyes on using conversion tracking and focusing on the right stats, I really don't know what will because that that's that kind of validated everything I've been saying for so long about using, uh, first of all, using conversion tracking and focusing on stats that matter. But it was like, it's always hard to find the case study or the example of this is why. Holy cow, this is why. I mean, this is like... <laughs> You couldn't have drawn this up better of stark opposites uh, on surface level and actual results. So um, it's a reminder, number one, to, to use conversion tracking for anything that results in a conversion, whether it's a, uh, a monetary conversion, like selling something, or if you're driving someone to register for, say, a webinar or sign up to your email list. Those are all important, too. Because it's the same thing. Even if you're not tracking value of those conversions, you need to know how many conversions you received. Um, because if you're getting a bunch of clicks, it may not matter because you may not get, be getting a single conversion out of it. As you can see, 773 clicks and not a single conversion as opposed to 110 clicks and 13 of them. It's pretty amazing. Um, and if, if you're wondering um, the differences in those ads, this was all based on targeting. Um, and I actually didn't, I didn't break this down in that blog post, but this is a good lesson. The one with 773 clicks was a lookalike audience based on reach. So if, if you use lookalike audiences based on reach, that probably doesn't surprise you a whole lot. Because first of all, you know that that audience is huge. So it is cheaper in general. Um, but what surprises me really is that the, uh, the number of clicks without conversions. But anyway, that's besides the point. The second ad was an actual custom audience. Uh, I think it was based on uh, email subscribers and uh, another group. I can't remember what it was, but people who hadn't purchased the product. So again, not real surprising that they, they converted. But that is also why the CPM was so much higher because it was a much, much smaller group. So a little background there. So the final lesson here, don't be distracted by the stats that don't matter, right? Um, whether it's your Facebook insights or it's your advertising, know what matters, uh, what, what is your goal? So for this particular ad, this campaign, my only goal was to get sales. So who cares about CPC? Who cares about CPM? Who cares about clicks? None of that stuff matters. All I care about is spend versus conversions, which also includes uh, conversion value. So great lesson for the day and a good one to end on as we're wrapping up here 
at about the 30, 32 minute mark. So good stuff. Last call. All right. Oh man. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, And again, Dan, thanks for your question. And Mark Zuckerberg, thank you for granting me my Facebook wishes. Um, and hopefully uh, the Facebook world did not explode while I go on my vacation or while I say go while I went on my vacation by the time you hear this I'll probably be on bottom of my way back because I've got to come back and coach a couple of baseball games Saturday morning um, final two games of the season and um, of course I've got to leave my, my, my man trip my dude trip a couple days early but that's fine that's what you do when you're a dad and a coach right so I've asked the bartender for my tab, our tab. I'll take care of you, my friend. Uh, I forced you to drink this crazy uh, organic beer. So it's, uh, I think it's only fair that I pay for it. All right, so uh, before we go, just one last reminder. Go to johnlimmer.com slash awesome, and you can have your question featured. You can be famous next week. Okay, so until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. Thank you.